I'm Leanne Spencer, founder of Body Shop Performance Limited, author, TEDx speaker, and your host. This is the Remove the Guesswork podcast, the show where I interview influential people in the health and fitness industry to bring you the latest ideas on how to optimize your mind, body, and well-being. Hi, welcome to the Remove the Guesswork podcast. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. Good to have you again. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Hope you're going to enjoy what you hear and go back and look through our back catalogue pull out any episodes that look interesting to you and explore. We cover all sorts of topics, uh, got lots of industry experts, uh, key people of influence, and some people you never have heard of before as well, who've done some really interesting and innovative things with their health, fitness and well-being. So have a look around. This particular episode is longer, it's double the length of our normal one, because we just couldn't get in what we wanted to do in 30 minutes. And I got the team together, or some of the team anyway. So Brian Gohl, Laura Bolton, Antonia Banash and myself, who are four-tenths of the Body Shop team. And we got to talking around the big trends that we think are going to hit this year in health, fitness, and well-being. So it's a pretty fun discussion. We bring about three suggestions each, and then we sort of talk them through a bit. So have a listen. Let us know what you think as well. You know, Do you like the ideas? Do you think it's going to hit? Do you think we've got it right? Can you see how you can integrate that into your lifestyle? And if you want some help on how to do that, of course, send us an email to info at bodyshopperformance.com and we'll give you some help. We link to everything that we talk about in the show notes. So enjoy the episode. Okay, so here we are as a team, which is is, uh, the first time we've done this. We're going to talk about the top health, fitness and wellbeing trends for 2019. So listeners will be familiar with my voice, but maybe Laura, you can introduce yourself and they can tune into the sound of your dulcet tone. <laughs> Hi, I'm Laura. Hello, I'm Antonia. And I am Brian. Hello. Cool. Okay. So you might recognize Laura and Brian's voices, actually, because we've recorded podcast episodes before. And of course, Antonia's done well, I was going to say. Yeah, <laughs> Q&A shows as well. So none of you are new to the podcast, but Okay, so we're just going to talk about what we think the big trends are for health, fitness and well-being for this year. So, Brian, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, sure, absolutely. The first thing I would love to talk about is something that is really creeping into the mainstream now. There's a lot of guys, a lot of health coaches out there talking about it, but I suppose the main guy that's doing the best work is, of course, Wim Hof. And I am talking about cold water therapy or cold thermogenesis. Now, that is like something that it is exactly what it is. It's exposing yourself to cold temperatures, usually in a cold shower or an ice bath, or in the case of Wim Hof, up a snowy mountain with almost no clothes on. And I know it sounds absolutely horrendous, but the health benefits of cold water therapy and cold thermogenesis are just absolutely spectacular. And it really deserves a concerted effort to get into it. Just some of the benefits I'd love to just go through really quickly. Cool. A great one is that it improves the lymphatic system and the immune system. Now, I'm sure most of us here will be aware of the lymphatic system and a lot of people listening certainly have heard about the lymphatic system. Basically, this is just a system in the body which does a lot of work to clear out the toxins which tend to build up in the fluids between the cells of our bodies. Now, why cold water therapy is really good for the lymphatic system is because unlike the circulatory system, it doesn't have its own pump. So we have to kind of manually do some work to help our body move the lymph through the lymphatic system. And we do that by movement and exercise, of course. And another great way to do it is cold water therapy. And why that works so well is because when you jump in a cold shower or a cold lake, your body and your skin and your muscles and you know the veins in your body actually contract and tighten and this actually squeezes the lymph through the lymph nodes and through the lymph vessels and, and helps to go through your liver and, and process all those toxins out of your body. So it's very, very important. And some of the other benefits there, it improves circulation, of course, because when you jump into an ice cold lake, your body kind of forces all the blood around your internal organs to keep them safe and warm. But then, of course, when you get out of the lake, all the blood rushes back to your extremities, back to your hands and your feet, which it's like a rush of blood and it brings all these nutrients and minerals back out to your hands. And it really helps strengthen your heart when you have this little stressful moment when you're ice cold. Mm -hmm. You guys will also, I'm sure, be aware of a lot of professional athletes and, and of course, amateur athletes really appreciate ice therapy after 
exercise or after sports, after working out, it's been known and proven to help reduce muscle inflammation and to help shorten the extent of delayed onset muscle soreness, the DOMS, of course, which is that muscle pain that we feel after a particularly brutal workout. Nice, haven't you? Sorry to interrupt, but you had some at once. The ice bath, bath. yeah. It was obviously easy on the summer, wasn't it? Yeah. No, I did it after the marathon. I think the marathon was, yeah. Yeah, I sat in an ice bath about three, four, well, enough to cover the legs. And actually, it's not as bad as you think. You do acclimate to it pretty quickly. Yeah. I think it did reduce my DOMS. Obviously, that's not a precise test. But I was thinking about cold water. It's also good for the vagus nerve, isn't it? Which is linked to the parasympathetic dominant nervous system basically our rest and digest so that's another huge benefit of cold water exposure for, for me exactly exactly and, and another very exciting benefit is it's it's showing a lot of positive effects on people that suffer from depression because when you have that initial shock of the cold water you kind of have like a little it's like a mini panic attack so you have a little panic attack with this cold water but as soon as you take those deep breaths and you realize that you're not in fact dying you then get a rush of adrenaline and endorphins, mm. which can really lift your mood. That's why they say like a cold shower, it's invigorating. And that's what they're referring to is this release of adrenaline and this release of endorphins. So you get out the cold shower and you feel great. You know, you feel excited. You're like, wow, I kind of survived. And, and you get this flood of feel-good hormones. Yeah. Really great stuff. It's interesting that you brought this one up because you, of course, are sat in South Africa recording this and we are in London, UK. <laughs> so uh, any tips for people who want to get into this but they don't want to go straight into a lake or a cold ice bath? Yeah, well, the irony of what you just said is that when I was living in London, for some reason, the tap water in my house it was just never that cold. But now that I'm in Cape Town, of course, the Atlantic Ocean here is freezing. So even though it's boiling hot, you get into the ocean, it's absolutely ice cold. So it's quite fun. But an easy way to start is, of course, the shower. So get in the shower, have a hot shower, enjoy yourself, and then just slowly turn the hot water down as slow as you need to. You know, you can take it one day at a time. You can go down to lukewarm and then slightly colder the next day, slightly colder the next day until you're, you know, straight cold water. And then you just need to stand in it for 30 seconds to a minute. And then you get a bit longer, two minutes, three minutes, four minutes. And, you know, five or six minutes is really all you need because one of the really exciting benefits is that cold water therapy can help your body convert white fat, which is, of course, like the flab around our bellies and around our arms, like the overweight fat into brown fat, mm -hmm. which is the fat which your body metabolizes and actually burns for energy. So cold water therapy can actually help you lose weight by helping your body convert white fat to brown fat and then use it as energy. Yeah, very cool. All right, great. Anyone want to add anything on that? Have you tried it, Laura? I have tried it, yeah. I've tried doing the cold showers. <laughs> um, which, yeah, I don't do it for that long, but... You know, I'm a big fan of it. I think it has amazing health benefits. And I've, I've done a proper ice bath as well, which was oh, slightly, yes, yes, yeah. Brian's event. So it was slightly frightening. But once I actually got in, it was, yeah. a lot of it's about the breathing and just yeah. relaxing. Mm -hmm. And it was, I actually felt amazing afterwards. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. All right, cool. cool. So the first of mine is personalized nutrition or personalized diet. I think that there's lots of talk about Various different diet types, like the paleo diet, the ketogenic diet, you know, intermittent fasting, fasting, time-restricted feeding, all these, these different diets. I think what this year we'll see is an even bigger drive towards personalized diet. So getting a test, for example, a DNA test that can tell you your sensitivity to things like fats and carbohydrates. It can tell you your requirements at a basic level for certain micronutrients, like vitamin D3, B6, B12, and other various things. I think we'll see more and more people taking up those tests so to really personalize their diet instead of following maybe some of the broad, I mean, there's lots of efficacy around paleo diet and ketogenic diet, but of course it depends on the individual and also on their lifestyle, you know, the yep. level of physical activity they're doing and various other things. And I think people are starting to wake up to that. One size does not fit all. And what tests can we do that are relatively affordable to identify what your dietary type it's, you know, it's a mediterranean low carb or low fat diet or whatever it is and then how you can reinforce the basic patterns of eating you know your macronutrient fats proteins carbohydrate breakdown support that with your micronutrient requirement 
So I think personalised nutrition will be a very, very big thing for this year and also for coming years as well. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I personally would say that we are really at the beginning of, of personalisation and I think this is definitely the future. I mean, I have done a DNA test and I've tweaked little bits, things here and there. I have seen a huge improvement. I mean, one big, big takeaway for me was that I'm actually gluten sensitive and I didn't really know. I didn't even know because... Of course, why would you? you? Know, why would you? I know, you know, I've never had any obvious... Well, I did actually, but I didn't know these were signs of being gluten, gluten um, mm. sensitive. So... And I think, you know, all the advice also, for example, I can have a little bit more coffee, I can have a less alcohol, though, for example. So, you know, whereas my sister or you, you might have a glass of wine and feel fine and feel rotten. So, you know, the advice, general advice out there is always the average, but you might be above or below average. Mm -hmm. you know, yes. it's, it's average. But, you know, we all individuals we might fall into the average bracket, but most likely we are yeah. above or below. So, so I might discover when I got DNA tested that my I was highly carbohydrate which yeah, is yeah. Mm -hmm. so it means two things you know we're going to rapidly convert that carbohydrate to energy which is great if you just need another 10 minutes of juice for whatever you're doing but not good if you want stable energy levels and also that I'm more predisposed to sort excess carbohydrate or the calories from <laughs> subcutaneous fat mm. so from a blood sugar energy management and weight management perspective it's really important that I have a relatively low carbohydrate diet <clears throat> and the carbohydrates that I do have need to be good clean you know, really vegetable-based yeah. carbohydrates. The other thing was I've also got a high, relatively high sensitivity towards saturated fat, so again, got to be careful of that in my diet, mm -hmm. and intolerance to lactose. So they were some fairly big disturbers. Yeah, I had no idea about the lactose intolerance. Mm -hmm. And then some other things as well, an increased need for B6 and B12 and mm -hmm. vitamin D3, which isn't that unusual for people from this hemisphere. So all of that enables me to tweak and modify my diet over a period of time, perhaps, to, to you know, so it's not a dramatic yeah. transformation. For better health, for more, for more stable energy levels, for better weight management, to control my blood sugar, which we now know really contributes Absolutely. to the in control. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's about me, not what worked for you, yes, or for exactly. you, mm -hmm. or what worked great for your mum or your friend. Yeah. It's all about me. And it doesn't cost a great deal mm -hmm. of time nor money to do something mm -hmm. like that. So that's that'll be my It really makes a massive difference, just to let you know, like my experience, because you know, I kind of stumbled around with a lot of different diets because, of course, I, I never had my genes tested. So I stumbled my way onto the low-carb, high-fat diet. And then when I had my DNA tested, it confirmed that I, uh, a low-carb, high-fat diet was indeed good for me. But it said that I had a lowered need for saturated fat. And I was having a lot of saturated fat at that point. So when mm -hmm. I got that information from my DNA fit, I immediately reduced my saturated fat and I saw levels of inflammation around my body reduce almost instantly. I saw my cholesterol levels go back into the normal range. So it, it really makes a massive difference having that information, like you say. Yeah. Well, the thing it's about these tests, they will only get better. You know, yeah, as the more science comes out, the more they yeah. become more, more, well, better. Yeah. There's a lot of competition now. And not yeah. all of those tests have a lot of efficacy. Some of the kind of the meeting will get on yeah. that. <laughs> but competition will drive progress and innovation. So mm -hmm. absolutely. Cool. All right, Laura, what's yours? Okay, so mine that's quite a nice link actually into into mine. So I'm gonna talk about living probiotically. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. So the microbiome, which I think most people have kind of heard the term, and um, but the microbiome is becoming a bigger and bigger topic now. A lot of people talking about it. There are many more books being written about it and people kind of I guess quite high profile people talking about it. And in short, microbiome health basically lies at the root of all health. If we don't have a thriving microbiome, which is essentially, it's like an inner rainforest or an inner, inner garden of all the different you know, bacteria and viruses and, and bugs, then we can't really have optimal health. So it really is absolutely critical that we all have a healthy microbiome. So rather than, you know, in the past, you know, people have talked a lot about probiotics. I know there are lots of people that take probiotics, but actually now there's lots of talk about focusing on living in a probiotic way. So what that essentially means is avoiding the key things that disrupt the gut. So there are, there are quite a few things, but the main ones are gluten for, for most people. Um, even if you're not, you know, celiac, stress, 
and certain medications. So particularly antibiotics, which wipe your microbiome out completely. It's like putting a nuclear bomb in that rainforest and wiping everything out. Anti-inflammatory drugs, like your ibuprofen, and antacids as well. So things like Rennie and Gaviscon and all of those kinds of things. All of those actually negatively affect your, your gut microbiome. So it's about doing that, but then also at the same time, as avoiding those key disruptors is actually doing things that help the gut bugs to flourish and help to get that real diversity. So it's again, it's the same as having a rainforest or a garden. You want a diversity of all different plants and creatures, and they're, they're all kind of working together in, in an ecosystem, mm. and they all play different mm. roles, and they all interact with each other as well and perform different functions. And that's essentially what our microbiome does. Yeah, it controls most of our immune system and inflammation, and that's where inflammation starts. It's, I mean, it's, it's an astonishing area. That ecosystem you're talking about was described really well with an analogy for Yellowstone National Park mm-hmm. by Shandix Jones, who was a podcast guest a few months ago. He runs the Goat Milk Affair Farm in Wales. We'll link to that in the show notes. It's a really mm-hmm. interesting episode, but she described really well what happened when they tried to take the walls out of Yellowstone. And they ended up yes, I've heard this having story. to yes. the whole ecosystem all the way down yeah. to the streams was decimated. Yeah, it's a fascinating story. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, wait, we'll link to that in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so we really want to do things, so rather than just pop some pills, you know, pop some probiotics, which don't actually have necessarily a massive effect. They don't always have the ultimately ideal effect. Um, What we need to do is actually do things that are going to help our our gut to flourish and our gut bugs to be fed and nourished. So the main way that we can do that is through diet. So having lots of colourful, nutrient-dense vegetables, having fermented foods so things like you know kefir sauerkraut kimchi foods like that are hugely beneficial for the gut and now you know lots of scientists and leaders in this field are talking about having making sure our diet is microbiome friendly Mm. so in conjunction with like dna testing Mm. is that is brilliant because that gives us you know our individual sort of genetic blueprint and then making sure that within that we are also you know, eating foods which are really helpful and you know nourishing for our microbiome. And yeah, vegetables and fermented foods would be the biggest, yeah, the biggest ones to make sure that we that we include. Yeah, because isn't there a thought that it's where some science out there that says your microbiome actually switch on some of your genes or switch off? Oh, absolutely! It's so powerful. Yeah. I mean, having just watched the there's a series called Interconnected. A nine-part series all about the, the gut and several books I've read as well. It's absolutely mind-blowing how powerful mm. the microbiome is. It, it kind of lies at the root of everything. And if you have a thriving microbiome, you will have all of the health benefits of that. All of that has came from my, in my view of germs. I mean, I was a bit like antibacterial everything. Mm. I mean, I like the yeah. Now it's the opposite. It's completely opposite. Mm. <laughs> 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 but but, but in terms, no, not for yeah. you. No, 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 no. no. I mean, I, yeah. I was really like chemical bombs everywhere, wasn't I? I mean, no, we like, do still use some chemicals, but we're working on eradicating. Them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe you. And you wipe it with water, you know. Sort of, you have to spray some antibacterial on it. But I, yeah. I have moved away from this. We use essential oils like water and lavender oils. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's right. natural. Yeah. Going back to that natural, yeah. you know, how we're designed, yeah. how we're designed to be. Yeah. But yeah, it's fascinating. But yeah, eat your fermented foods and veggies. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's. You know, the more fermented foods turning up in particularly quite trendy cafes mm-hmm. and supermarkets as yeah, well. Absolutely. And you yeah. can make your own. I mean, yep. I mean, you just Google it. It's super, super, super simple to, to do and quite satisfying mm-hmm. as well. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, what I really like to talk to people about when we're talking about the microbiome, because of course it's, it's not just in the gut. You know, we have a microbiome on our skin. We have a microbiome yeah. in our armpits. We have a microbiome in our mouth, in our nose, in our eyes, in the vagina, yeah, in everywhere. the lungs, in the heart, everywhere. And so like, just like you're saying, Laura, you know, like being very careful of what you're eating or what medicine you're taking, it goes the same. Be careful what soap you're using. You know, be careful what toothpaste you're using. Because yeah. Don't use Listerine. Don't use those mouthwashes because that is just you know, you're basically sterilizing your mouth mm-hmm. and then, hello, you get cavities because, you know, you've completely destroyed your oral microbiome and you've got to go to the dentist. So it yeah. really, 
It extends to on your body, in your body, around your body, in your home, everything. Yeah. Again, another podcast that we'll link to in the show notes is the one I did with Dr. Catherine Huselman, which I know you guys all know, mm-hmm. about how you can, you know, what she can tell about your health just by looking in your mouth. <clears throat> really interesting episode, so we'll mm-hmm. link to that. Wow. So mine is body weight training, my trend for 2019. And this came up from a recent workshop we did called Animal Flow. It's all body weight, it's all movement, using your body. And I just remember we tend to kind of go into the gym, pick up the weights or go for a run but forget that we actually have a body that can that we can use as a resistant tool. And you don't have to go to the gym. You don't have to do, you know, you can use your body in a certain, as a resistant tool, you can regress and progress and you don't need a lot of space and it's cheap. And I think a lot of people kind of think, oh, it's, especially now it's 2019 new year, I have to go to the gym. Well, you have your body, you know, you can do squats, you can do press ups, you can start off easily under, against the wall, do press ups against the wall, squatting, sit-ups, all of that is using your own body. And if you're just running, I would incorporate some body weight training just to kind of get an overall, to use your whole body as a as a machine rather than just working on individual parts. Yeah, compound movements. Yeah, yeah just say a bit more about animal flow, what that was. Yeah, so animal flow, it's, it's an interesting thing. It's a combination of yoga and a bit of a dance move, when you say? It's been a bit dance-y, of break dancing. Cool. It's quite an interesting kind of thing it's a lot of stuff that reminds me of yoga but obviously if you're not connecting with yoga because of the spiritual side of thing then i think animal flow would suit you very well and it is basically just moving your body lots of your on your wrist but it's really you can increase your mobility your flexibility it's power it's endurance so you can speed the movements up so that's more the endurance mm-hmm. up even your cardio or you can slow it down and then you build strength mm-hmm. because you really spend a lot of time on your arms or legs and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, an overall body body exercise and it is should be really incorporated in any sort of fitness program that you're doing, yeah. especially if you're lifting only weights and you're running. Mm. So all the um, every year when various magazines publish their top 10 fitness trends for the year, body weight's always on there, which I was laughing mm. about because we all walk around for two legs. <laughs> it's kind of a body weight training it is but i think the two common objections you get to why people can't work out are time and sometimes you know time is linked to the other issue which is space getting mm-hmm. to a gym or to, and what i loved about animal flow is you could do it in a hotel room you could yes. necessarily do all the moves but in a really small basic hotel room you could do yeah. an animal flow sequence you need a certain degree of fitness already to do and yeah that was right if you're not able to hold yourself up then it's going to be tough yeah yeah but yeah, generally speaking, I mean, it's a good alternative to, to yoga, power yoga. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Cool. Okay, so body weight. Brian, back to you. Cool. Yeah, that was a great one. I'm going to be traveling for all of January, February and, and March, more or less. And of course, what that means is I won't have any workout equipment with me. I won't be going to a gym. So body weight is, is something I'm really committing to. And, and it's the perfect excuse for me to get into it because I won't have any equipment. So that, that's a really great point. I love that. The next thing that I'm kind of really excited to, to learn more about and to pay more attention to really is the effect of light on our bodies, you know, specifically natural light versus artificial light. You guys up there in the Northern Hemisphere, you'll know all about it. Mm-hmm. This time of year, there is unfortunately almost no natural light. And we know that when there's a lack of natural light, how it can affect our energy levels and our mood. And why I'm excited about this, like not only learning about it now, but really practicing natural light exposure more in my life is, of course, now I'm in the Southern Hemisphere. So we have uh, great weather down here. It's more or less, you know, uh, daylight for 12 hours and nighttime for 12 hours throughout the year. And of course, that's really important because we know of something called the circadian rhythm, which is something we talk a lot about inside Body Shot Performance. And it's something that's getting a lot of exposure in the, in the press these days, particularly because a lot of the science about the exposure to artificial light, of course, coming from our, our massive flat screen TVs, our cell phones, our computers, our laptops, we're sitting in front of these devices more and more and more as the years go on. And what we know now is that the light that comes out of these devices is overwhelmingly blue. And what blue light does is it you know, goes through our eyes, of course. Our eyes are photoreceptors. 
our brain picks up this bright blue light from our devices and our brain thinks, okay, it must be nine o'clock in the morning. It must be time to get up and go. So when this light hits the brain and the brain thinks it's daylight, our diurnal rhythms kick into effect. So we get this, this release of cortisol and adrenaline. We, our bodies and our brains think it thinks it's time to get up and go. And of course, that's a problem if you're lying in bed at 9 or 10 p.m. watching Netflix or playing on your cell phone and you're getting all this blue light into your eyes and into your brain, you're suppressing your sleep hormone, which is melatonin. So you're, you're disrupting your sleep cycle. And we know now the circadian rhythm is, is you know, a 24-hour cycle that is involved with everything in the body. It's not only you know, our wake and sleep cycle, it's our, our hormone regulator, it's our cell regulator, it's our activity regulator, it's our digestion. So many aspects of our bodies are tied to our circadian rhythm, which is tied to our exposure to natural or artificial light that we're just becoming so out of balance. And it's really exciting for me because every day I see a blog article, you know, like artificial light, how dangerous it is, how it's linked to poor health and ill health. And it's starting to really kind of resonate out of this niche health circles that we're in. And it's getting into the mainstream. It's creeping into the workplaces. It's creeping into the office buildings, you know, all over the world. And, and people are really starting to pay attention because artificial light can make you sick and the science is coming out. And, and I think that's really exciting because we're able to use certain tools to rectify that and to pay more attention to exposing ourselves to the right kind of light at the right time of day. It's actually Procter & Gamble. It, the, the CEO of Procter & Gamble ran an experiment, so very, very briefly, at a factory that was really underperforming in the US. They've got in a consultant who said it's the light, the light that's blowing off the shift workers and they're not sleeping, so they're, they're calling in sick and they're performing poorly. So he had, uh, he was quite bold. He said, fine, let's put these lights that don't emit so much blue light in these factories. And guess what happened? The workers had less sick time mm -hmm. and performance went up mm -hmm. because their circadian rhythms were not disrupted by being under this harsh junk lighting. So yeah, re really interesting one. Mm -hmm. Okay, so my second one is not dissimilar to the first one. It's about personalized testing. I think the direct-to-consumer testing market is going to be massive this mm -hmm. year. And that isn't just DNA testing. It's blood testing, so there's quite a number of companies that now produce these blood tests that they come through the door in a little box, and a fingerprint test that you can hang in a phlebotomist, and it will tell you on a quarterly basis for some of these, so you can do one-off tests. What are your levels of these basic markers like cholesterol, vitamin D, your liver performance, iron, for example, just to name a few? Cortisol can be done that way as well, mm -hmm. a stress hormone to see how that's performing. I think we'll see a real increase in the availability of those types of tests costs coming down as well, equally for gut testing. And I don't know how yeah. much efficacy there is around some of these cheaper direct-to-consumer gut tests, but they're there and they'll only get better. Mm -hmm. So they're just three really crucial things. So you can look at your blood markers to get a really good snapshot of where you are at any given point in time. Likewise for your gut, which we know now pretty much informs every system mm -hmm. of the body and your overall health anyway. And also DNA testing. So what's your blueprint? For good health, that's your DNA, and then your blood and your gut is your ongoing monitoring yeah. of some really crucial markers. I think we'll see a lot more of those tests. I think more and more people will be doing them, maybe coming to people like us to get advice around you know, what to do with that information. And that, I think, will be big for 2019. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really exciting that we can actually use these things now to build a picture of actually what's going on inside us because yeah. we don't you know, necessarily know. We might, we might have feelings about or kind of intuition about some, some of the things that are going on but actually to be able to have the data yeah. and then to be able to build something that's really bespoke to you and it's going to give you optimal yeah. health and well-being is, yeah. is really yeah. exciting i mean it's about taking out the guesswork of health yeah. mm -hmm. and i think it's really important because i remember my client saying to me you know she doesn't even read the news stories anymore about i don't know coffee is bad for you coffee is good for you you should have more vitamin d yeah. you shouldn't take any vitamin d all this she said i'm blocking this out now it's noise for me so I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. So I think this is quite exciting that you can actually put that control back and think, you know, I, you know what, once I've done all these tests, I can ignore. Yeah, just do what's right for you. Yeah, yeah, I can ignore all these headlines. Mm -hmm. I don't have to follow that advice. Yeah. I don't care. You know, so mm -hmm. I think it's quite powerful. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Laura, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I'm going to talk about something that is a very basic human thing, but most of us don't actually do it properly, which is breathing mm -hmm. and doing <laughs> breath works. 
I mean, I used to be a classic breather, you know, very shallow. You know, most of us breathe very shallow, mm. kind of just in our in our chest. And we're not doing the, the sort of deep breathing that we're actually, you know, really designed to do. And it's, it's one of those basic things, you know, along with light and hydration, it's a really basic thing that we can do to actually have great health. But we can also use it to have certain effects on our body. So if we want to calm down for example if we're feeling stressed nervous maybe we're about to do a presentation or going to an important meeting or go and speak and you know most people will get nervous and some people get overwhelmingly you know nervous to the point that yeah. it, that it yeah. really affects them yeah. in a negative way so you can use breath work as a very it's a very very powerful thing to do to be able to actually calm your nervous system you kind of flood your body with more oxygen and activate the parasympathetic nervous system which which actually calms you down so you know a lot of people talk about these things being in the mind but actually you can change them by doing something physical something like breathing and and the one that i actually like really like to use for for calming down and relaxing is called the box breathing yeah i know you guys are Mm. fans of fans of that as well and actually the box breathing was actually originally developed by japanese zen masters but then it gained popularity in the west when it was discovered that navy seals were using it before they went into battle to calm their nerves okay so so box breathing is really so there's four parts to it as the four sides of the box so it's where you you breathe in. So you would breathe in, say, for the count of five. And you want to breathe in really deep, you know, like from, from the belly and really fill your belly and then your chest up. And you kind of do that to the count of five and then hold your breath for the count of five. Then exhale for five and then hold with your lungs empty for five. And if you just do that a few times, you will really notice how much calmer you feel and you you can really feel your heart rate calming down and and the nerves starting to reduce. So it's brilliant. There's lots of different types of breath work that you can do for calming. There are are loads, but that's just a really good and easy one. It's very simple and you can do it anywhere. Like, you know, even if you're at work, you know, you can... You can just do it and no one knows you're doing it. <laughs> I'm doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. I mean, I think it's one of the simple, most effective ways and simple ways of transforming your physiology yeah. from stress to relaxed and what we yeah. do, from sympathetic to parasympathetic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But people are still underestimated. People yeah. still feel a bit... Compt- I, I see it in yoga class because, you know, that's all about breathing. Mm-hmm. And that particular yoga, know, she's all about the breathing, and she 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 breathes like a machine. I mean, you can read a literary mirror. Mm, you know, yeah, you know. yeah. And I can see the people next to me in the class, you know, looking around and not really quite sure. Really, yeah. You know, because it's not the not like it's, it's not what not, we do yeah. normally, even though it's actually how we're designed and, yeah, to be. Exactly. But it's part of the breathing that makes them feel so good after the yoga. Yeah, this yeah. breathing. Absolutely, so around, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, you can also use it on the kind of flip side. You can actually use it to energize. Mm. So if you are feeling a bit low in mood, or you're feeling a bit of an energy slump, so a lot of people get that afternoon, mid-afternoon energy slump. You can use a different type of breathing to actually energize yourself and kind of give you a bit of an energy increase. And one of the ways that you can do that is a breathing exercise where you you take in three quick and powerful inhales through the nose, progressively filling up your lungs a bit more with each. So it's like a three-stage inhale. And then you exhale out with a sigh through the mouth. So it's a bit like three sniffs in and then a sigh out. So it's like okay. like that. Yeah. And that really energizes. I think that's the technique actually that Tony Robbins uses or something very similar to energize Hoff himself. And Wim, yeah. It's quite similar to the Wim Hof breathing as well. So yeah. that, and if you do that for a minute or two, you will feel really energized and, okay. and so depending on what situation you're in mm. you can really use breath work as a very quick and powerful tool to completely change your state yeah. which is very exciting yeah very cool very all right we better crack on i tell you you're so my one of mine is the free plane movement it's a technical term which we use as a personal trainer but it's basically 
all about moving in all kinds of directions, so forwards and backwards, sideways, and rotation, so transverse. Mm -hmm. And again, it is something that was highlighted to me when we did this animal flow workshop, because most day-to-day -day activity, and even if you go to the gym, all the movements we do is tends to be in one direction, and so it's going forwards and backwards, sometimes sideways, but it's usually always one plane of motion, as they call it in technical terms. And if you continue to do that, you know, you are likely to increase your injury risk because you have imbalances in your body, so muscular imbalances in your body. So let's take an example. You start training for a marathon. You run and run and run. Then if you kind of, you know, talk to other people, they say, well, you should really train, incorporate some strength training. They hit the gym, grab some weights, do bicep curls, press up. Again, it's the same movement. And what that will result in is some injury. All of a sudden you feel that shoulder is aching. All of a sudden you feel your, neck, your knee is going. And it's usually because, you know, you're not doing the, uh, what's called the transverse type of movement, the rotational movement, mm. the twisting, the running, the stopping. Yeah. The, so it was really highlighted to me again, because since I stopped doing yoga, because I just don't have the time again, I was just doing training in one plane. And I kind of noticed, okay, I have forgotten that I have to move my body in all those three dimensions. Mm -hmm. Two is, is not enough. It's unfortunately what we do. And most training programs um, only focus on what's called sagittal, so forwards and backwards. And it is important to move your body in all shapes or forms. And yoga and animal flow and all these type of, and maybe Pilates, I'm not that familiar with Pilates, but all those, those body weight exercises, mm -hmm. They will actually encourage you to move your body, your entirety, and also likely in all di dimensions. And it's yeah. really important for, for health and longevity anyway. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so well, it's functional movement. It's functional movement. Happens. <clears throat> oh, yes, it is just moving your body as it is designed mm -hmm. to move and not yeah. just. So I guess that's a trickier one for people to maybe do something with. So if, if you're interested in finding out more about that, I guess a good personal trainer a good girl advice. Any personal trainer should know about these. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, or just Google planes of planes yeah. movement, human yeah. planes of movement, yeah. um, and start just to just change up what you're doing. It's yeah. just yeah, changing, challenging your body in different aspects, just yeah. to have balance, yeah, in your body. Okay, brilliant. All right, let's see if we can get one done each. We'll have to be a little bit pacier, but let's go for it, Ryan. Well, well, just to follow on exactly from where Antonia left us, uh, I love what she said there. All those different movements, those functional patterns. So something that has, has really burst onto my wellness scene in the last couple of years, and it's definitely growing in popularity, is something that we talk about in Body Shot quite a lot, and that's the high-intensity interval training. And the way that I've implemented this into my life is through something called CrossFit. And mm -hmm. I'd just like to read a short paragraph that I just found on the internet today that describes the philosophy of CrossFit to a T. So if you don't mind, I'll just read this quick paragraph. Eat meat and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch, and no sugar. Keep intake to levels that will support exercise, but not body fat. Practice and train major lifts, deadlifts, clean, squat, presses, clean and jerk, and snatch. Similarly, master the basics of gymnastics, pull-ups, dips, rope climb, push-ups, sit-ups, presses to handstands, pirouettes, flips, splits, and holds. Bike, run, swim, row, hard and fast. Five or six days per week, mix these elements in as many combinations and patterns as creativity will allow. Routine is the enemy. Keep workouts short and intense. Regularly learn and play new sports. And that was written by a guy called Greg Glassman, who is actually the founder of CrossFit. And I think that just summarizes it perfectly. It's, it's exactly what Antonia just said. It's, it's moving in all these different ways, all these different patterns, making sure your body is functioning as well as it can be by you know, just kind of taking your body through these different movement planes and these different patterns, lifting heavy objects, you know, because like Antonia said, it's functional. You know, if you've got to pick up two baby kids, if you've got children, if you've got to have a child in one hand and shopping in the other, or you've got to, you know, change the tire on your car and you have to lift the tire out of your boot, 
or you know any of the above it's just keeping your body in this condition where it's almost primed for emergency work it kind of reflects on our philosophy at body shot of how we're trying to mimic ancestral practices and ancestral movements by getting natural light and keeping the microbiome as natural as possible our bodies are primed to work very very hard for short amounts of time once or twice a week and i think crossfit and high intensity interval training hits that nail on the head every time yeah that's cool and there are, you know if you google crossfit you'll find gyms they're pretty popular yes. now um with their workout of the day the wad which is that short sharp variation on a workout that you talked about Brian. yeah brilliant i definitely think that will you know it's increasing in popularity massively mm. my last one actually is home-based fitness i think we'll also start to see a lot more well let me give an example of one which is peloton so i think Antonio, you're going to talk about yeah yeah, so I mean, that, that's one example. So you get a very, very high tech, it's not it's spendy, but a very, very high tech spin bike, which you can have in the home and you can connect that to the internet to a live class where an instructor is looking at you on the screen at the front of the bike. You can also race, compete against other riders or just go and do one of the preset classes. So I mean, that's going to set you back a couple of grand. But I think what the, we'll see an increasing trend of, again, you know, majority of people listening are busy, they have a lot of time, mm-hmm. can't necessarily necessarily get to crossfit although i would encourage people to carve out time for doing stuff like that and getting out of the house certainly getting out into the fresh air as well to come back to brian's earlier point mm-hmm. in life but as a part of your overall fitness plan you know, maybe you've got some sort of home-based fitness whether it's something on the internet or you just do an animal flow sequence in a room if you've got space maybe you have a peloton bike but you know, i'm not 100 percent behind this home-based fitness trend but i think we're going to see a lot of it mm-hmm where things like Peloton you set up and there'll be other classes that you can do. There's already yoga classes that you can do via the internet yeah. where it's a live class that you're taking mm-hmm. part in. Mm-hmm. So home-based fitness, I think, will be a trend I'm less excited about because I like getting people out in the open. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of happening. It's going to happen, <laughs> I think, yeah. So that, that's me, Laura. Okay. So I'm just going to briefly talk about healthy socials. Um, yes. So I was at a wellness forum in london recently and they were talking about some of the wellness trends for this year and going forward and one of them was about social activities and events which are based around basically being healthy and being consciously healthy as well so for example alcohol free parties so there's a rise in things like kombucha parties now (laughs) i think it's starting in london but it's the prediction is these things are going to spread but But, you know, parties, events, even, you know, private dinner parties where people are are really focusing on having healthy food and having no alcohol and having things to drink like kombucha and also being very aware of the story behind the, the conscious element is really being aware of the story behind that food and the story behind that drink. Yeah. 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 So really, you know, having an awareness of that is actually becoming fashionable it's now a thing you know which is great and particularly the alcohol you know there's you know obviously pros and cons for certain businesses with regards to this but alcohol consumption there are lots more people who are deciding to drink a lot less or to not drink at all mm. and to have these events and parties that are alcohol free and then you also have fun events like there's this morning glory daybreaker those are like morning they're like morning okay. raves yeah but they're alcohol-free, they have healthy food, it's all about connection and fun. And so these kinds of things are on the rise. There's a lot more and more of them cropping up and private events with friends as well. It's uh, nice to see healthy kind of becoming a bit more mainstream. mainstream, (laughs) Well, um, the drinks market for alcohol-free has always been really tricky. I've had me with water, I've been teetering for a while. Brian, I know you don't drink either. Yeah. Uh, and there aren't a lot of alternatives, really, mm-hmm. that aren't really sugary. I mean, I'm happy to sparkling water, but if you do want something a bit more interesting, there isn't a sure. huge amount. Oh, no. The drinks market. But the market for non-alcoholic drinks, for healthy non-alcoholic yeah. drinks, is actually growing. That's yeah. another. That's mm-hmm. actually another trend, is, you know, very low sugar. You know, there's even drinks with adaptogens in and all yeah. sorts of different things. So, yeah, <laughs> it's a definitely a growing market. Yeah, yeah. Cool. That actually leads nicely into my third point, which is... Community and a user spin class, as an example, I think communities are going to go grow bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. You know, where, as you just said, people coming together 
for a purpose and connecting on a certain level. We go to the spin class and uh, cycle, cycle yeah. religiously because we love the workout, we love the energy. Four times. And it's more about, I mean, the exercise is great. The classes are great. It's like being in a nightclub on a bike. It's all fantastic. But it's also the great sense of community. You know, you feel like you're coming in. They know each other. They, they, they know you. They know you by name. They greet you. And, you know, you get to know your fellow riders. Some of the instructors are really great in creating this community feel. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it draws in all these people. And one of our fellow riders actually said, this is my church. You know, instead mm-hmm. of going to the church on Sunday, she goes there. Mm-hmm. You know, she knows that the whole day is gone, basically, because she travels in from quite far. Actually, not that far, but far enough. So she knows that if I go to this class, my Sunday is gone, but she goes there religiously because it's her church kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that is a trend that we see growing. And it will be interesting, the Peloton bikes, because it's all in-house. But they say they are also into this community building. I'm yet to be convinced that community online yeah, it's not the it's same. It's not, not quite, quite the same, same. Really, no. you, because you don't get the energy exchange, the that's genuine right. energy, yes, human energy exactly, exchange that you exactly. get in person. That's, that's, yeah, you know that's where I would say I need to be convinced mm-hmm. that Peloton, yeah. Peloton bikes are going to do the same. I think if but, you've got the money and the space, it's great if you haven't got time to get to. Sure, if we're taking cycle, you know, like, yeah. Um, yeah, Canary Wharf. It is. It is shortage. Yeah, it is a, it is a oh. dedication that we're going there. You know, it's, it takes a huge chunk out of my day. Well, I think exercise should be social where possible. Yeah. I mean, Brian CrossFit is very much a community, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, it's got quite a reputation. They call it the CrossFit cult. Yes. And I was actually just telling my sister about it today. I've never experienced something like that. You know, I used to go to a regular gym and. People got their earphones in. You don't talk to each other. You don't look at each other. There's no socializing. Whereas CrossFit, you know, if you go, you know, twice a week regularly, you start to get to know each other and there's a little bit of partner work and there is a competitive element. It's, you know, you're racing against the clock as it were. And what tends to happen, at least to the the CrossFit gyms I've been to, when the first few people finish, they actually stand there and cheer you on, you know, so they'll come and like support you and tell you, come on, one more, one more. And of course, that's the community. And then you're hanging on this, you know, chin up bar, trying to get a, a few more reps out. And you've got five people like motivating you. You start to feel like, wow, you know, I don't want to let these guys down. Like you get that extra little burst of energy. So that's something that's I'm really loving about CrossFit is people are on the same page, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that old bonding and connection thing, you know, all of us are really interested in longevity and mm-hmm. we're looking into that a lot more. Yes. And that health span, not lifespan. Yeah. So, um, it's absolutely critical, I think, yeah. you know, having meaningful human connection, which is very different to online mm-hmm. connection. Yeah. Having that meaningful human connection, that sense of belonging mm-hmm. and community, we are actually hardwired. Yeah. To, to have that and to, and we need it it's a very basic human need and it's one of the main factors of the blue zones yeah. you know who have this amazing longevity mm. Mm. um one of their key factors is having that that real sense of human connection yeah. and community so we do genuinely suffer our emotional mental health does suffer if we don't have that so yeah. it's, it's absolutely yeah. critical that we have opportunities for that yeah, yeah. i think exercise is great yeah. yeah sorry Brian, go for it I'd love to talk about this with you guys on a future podcast, you know, because we all know like generally in the community that, you know, genuine human connection is is important for our happiness and our, our emotional happiness and mental happiness. But I'd love to talk to you guys about it because as a population, we're getting less and less connected to each other. Yeah. We're understanding that it's important, but we're spending more and more time alone on our phones in our living rooms. So I'd love to, you know, explore this with you and discuss what it takes to build a meaningful relationship with another human being and the vulnerability that's involved with it. I think that's very important because yeah. people yeah. don't know how to connect with other people. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. How, and what happens to the body as well, you know, hormonally to the nervous system, the cells? Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Well, apparently some of the things I've read have, have said that actually the effect of not having that connection and actually feeling lonely and disconnected actually has the same effect on your body as like serious Mm. stress even though it might not feel exactly the same the actual effects of it on your body are dramatic Mm. and and health so yes parts i think i read somewhere that parts of your brain will actually start to atrophy 
mm-hmm. if you don't have that regular human connection you know that oxytocin that dopamine yeah. if you don't have those floods from real human touch part of your brain starts to atrophy and that leads to obviously depression and you know all other horrible things mm-hmm. yeah cool all right let's wrap up let's just very quickly what are the three things that we'd all thought about what's your one thing that you're really going to hang your hat on as being big this year <laughs> Brian, have you got one? Well, thermogenesis, for sure. I think with someone like Wim Hof, he's, you know, we're all aware that he's getting onto all the major podcasts. He has been for mm-hmm. a couple of years. We've got some amazing breath coaches in London that are taking people into ice baths. I think it's really going to gain some traction. And, you know, there's a lot of health coaches and a lot of influencers out there jumping in frozen lakes and jumping into ice baths. So I think it's really going to catch on and the health benefits are, you know, are scientifically proven and it's easy and it's free and you can do it almost anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Good one. I'm going to go with personalized testing. I think more and more people, even if they're not super high earners, are going to be able to afford 50 to 70 pounds a quarter Mm. to keep a track of their basic blood markers mm-hmm. and likewise with gut testing and dna testing which make a complete picture of your blueprint plus your ongoing you know mm. what's going on in real time mm. i think we'll see a huge explosion in that industry yeah absolutely well linking into that i think living probiotically and really looking after our guts yeah. is going to yeah. become more and more you know mainstream more and more in, i mean it's critical but yeah that's definitely going to be the thing and I would say fitness companies or health companies who get the community, well, building communities. And yeah. I think building mm-hmm. communities will be becoming more and more important. You see it already on Facebook. You know, if you, yeah. have, a, you, know, you have to build your communities on Facebook. Mm-hmm. But it's all community building. And if you get this right, I think, yeah, you'll, yeah. I mean, that's why gyms are not yeah. very well. No. They're so depersonal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. yeah. If you feel yeah. part of a tribe, mm-hmm. come back. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Brian, and we definitely do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll link to Cycle. It's cyclelondon.com, the website. If you're London-based, obviously. Okay, cool. Well, that was really fun. Was. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, thank you as well for listening. Any questions about that, drop an email into info at bodyshotwithatperformance.com. Everything we've talked about, we link to in the show notes. And all the best for now. Thanks for listening. Interested in finding out what your health IQ is? Jump on our website, bodyshotperformance.com, and click on Take the Test. And it'll take you through to a very short two to three minute health IQ test. At the end of that, you'll get a scorecard based on your results and a free 39 page report built all around our six signals, which are sleep, mental health, energy, body composition, digestion, and fitness. So jump on the website, bodyshopperformance.com, and take our test. Finally, thanks for listening to this show. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard and it's added value to you, share the episode with someone you think could benefit from it. And don't forget to leave a rating, a review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.